Well, 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 look at this. It is a podcast that's going to be released, quote unquote, on time. <laughs> I don't know how I get so far off of our uh, schedule. That's pretty fun. Um, so midweek eight was last night because today is Thursday when I'm sorry to say when I'm filming, when I'm not filming, I'm just recording. Um, midweek eight was last night. It was a lot of fun. Um, I will tell you the fourth and fifth graders won our ticket challenge for the last four weeks. So next week they get to pie some of our leaders, which I'm kind of nervous about because I'm one of those leaders that's going to get pied in the face. Um, and the last time that this happened, I got pied by someone, um, all the whipped cream went straight up my nose and it freaked me out because I felt like I couldn't breathe. So it's going to be a very fun, <laughs> uh, reward next week. I'm pretty sure the fourth and fifth graders were very excited to have won. And honestly, uh, they won because they were, um, they brought the most friends. So they invited a lot of friends, which got them a lot of tickets. And so last night they were ecstatic to find out they had won the challenge for the week. So, um, so it was good. It was a great night. The other big thing that happened, um, that was hilarious and not funny, but it was, um, we have a water fountain upstairs that's like attached to the wall. And <laughs> one of the kids tells me halfway through the night, they're like, Miss Anna, did you try the water fountain? And I was like, no, I mean, I don't really drink from water fountains, but anyway, I was like, no. And they're like, <laughs> when I pressed the button, it like blasted off. Like the water went everywhere. And I was like, what? And sure enough, something's messed up with the water fountain. And so it was shooting water straight up kind of over towards the other one. Like it was, I've never seen a water fountain do that. So it was really funny. It was also hilarious that, um, one of the kids told me like halfway through their lesson, uh, you know, turned around and saw me and was like, Hey, you've got to go check it out. And I did. And it was pretty crazy, pretty awesome of a, uh, of an adventure, you know, just once in a lifetime kind of moments that you, <laughs> I would have missed had I not been at midweek. So, um, that was pretty funny. Uh, but yes, we wrapped up our last series, last series, yeah, last lesson in our neighborhood series, which was a lot of fun. I really enjoy teaching through parables, um, even if I'm not the one actually teaching the lesson. Writing the lessons was a lot of fun um, for this particular one, and I, I will brag on our second and third graders. I mean, I'll brag on any of our kids, but I was specifically in their classroom for the Bible lesson, and uh, Mr. Chris was asking them, like, hey, do you remember what kind of the neighbors we've talked about. And they were going through like each week of stories with detail, with here's what we remember. Here's the story. Of course, if you listen to last week's episode, you know, the big selling point was the rich parable, of the rich fool. So our kids made sure they're like, yeah, <laughs> I think the main takeaway from that story was like, God called this guy a fool. Um, they were hilarious in saying that. So they remembered a lot of good, content, which is what you want. You know, yes, there's somewhat familiar stories, but you want our kids to really remember what they're learning and why it's important and why um, the Bible is, you know, why it's saying what it's saying and how we can apply it to our lives. And that's what we saw um, happening last night. And that was really cool for us. Um, we've kind of been building towards this lesson. We talked about the parable of the good 
Samaritan who basically says, well, who is my neighbor? Right? We've said this the past few weeks. Um, a neighbor is not just someone who lives beside of us. It's pretty much anyone who we come in contact with. Um, and parables are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So Jesus would, would tell these stories to help us think about who God is, to think about his kingdom, and to help us understand um, even sometimes about who we are um, in contrast to who God is. So um, this parable opens with Jesus's teaching and this law expert comes up and he goes, how do I get eternal life? So Jesus asks a question. What does the law, the law say? So the man says, you know, the law says to love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself, which is the right answer. Okay, so this guy probably was like, yes, check, check mark, right? I get the right answer. I know what I'm about. I know what I'm talking about. But then Jesus takes it a step further, right? Jesus says, yes, love God and love others. And then the law guy goes, well, who's my neighbor? You know, it's like I can almost hear this snarky sarcasm. Well, who is my neighbor? And so then Jesus starts talking about uh, this parable. This man was traveling from Jericho from Jerusalem to Jericho and he comes across robbers and obviously they're robbers so they beat the man they took his money they probably tore his clothes um and they just leave him on the side of the road to die which is terrible and we were um, explaining to our kids you know the first person to walk past is a priest a priest would have been someone who worked at the temple the place of worship um it was funny because uh when we were in there <laughs> we compared um a priest to or like kind of think of the priest as being like, you know, Pastor Brian or Pastor Brad, you know, people who work at a church and who are teaching and, and responsible for, for these things. And so it was funny because it's, it's one thing when you say, should the priest, what should he have done? Um, and it's different when we said, what, if it was Pastor Brian, what would Pastor Brian do? And so, um, so the priest gets to the guy on the side of the road and obviously the man's laying there, he's about to die. And he just keeps on walking past. Doesn't stop. In fact, he walks on the other side of the road. It's not to become um, associated with this man. And so, again, we said, would, would Pastor Brian do this? And they're all like, no way. There's no way he would do that. Um, and then you have guy number two, who's a Levite. And um, it was actually pretty funny because I had never really thought through what a, a Levite is. Um, so in studying this, I, I mean, I love that about teaching. You can study to teach but then you also learn a lot as you're preparing and so levites were men who also worked at the temple or places places of worship um, sometimes they taught the bible sometimes they helped with music sometimes they even guarded the treasury or the money so when we got to this part <laughs> like think of this guy as like a pastor scott who leads music okay would pastor scott pass by this guy on the road and of course the kids are like no of course not like we can't imagine anyone who works at a church doing something like this. Um, but he does. Levi continues onward, keeps walking. And at this point, um, <laughs> we were kind of like, okay, what do you think happened next? And one of the kids <laughs> answers, the man died. And you're like, oh, huh, okay. You know, it's a familiar parable. So we were kind of hoping maybe they knew it. Some of them did, but it made me laugh. It's like, the man probably died. He, he would have. But then you see that the Samaritan man comes in. And this is about the part where the kids go, oh, yeah, we've heard this story before. You know, the Samaritans and Jews don't get along, right? They tr treat each other terribly. 
And so he sees this man lying on the side of the road, and he goes over to him. And Jesus says the Samaritan has compassion. He goes over, he starts bandaging up the wounds, he puts him on his own animal, he takes him to an inn where he can get some medical attention there. He even pays for the man to stay at the inn. And he tells the innkeeper, like, hey, if this is not enough money, I'll come back and I'll pay you the difference. Right? This is someone who was, to- you know, Samaritans and Jews were totally against each other. And yet he's moved. He's, he's full of compassion for this guy. So Jesus looks at the expert of the law and he goes, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor? Which one is the neighbor in the story? And the law expert goes, I think it's, you know, it's the man who showed mercy. It's the Samaritan. So Jesus says, go out and do the same thing for other people. And normally we think about this as being the story of the Good Samaritan and how um, how he was good in the sense of, you know, he showed mercy, he, he cared, he had a good response to the hurt that he saw around him. Um, even though they had a lot of differences, he still chose to be a good neighbor to the man who was hurting. You know, we are to be like that Samaritan. It's our job. We are to show love and to serve people around us. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter how much stuff they have or even if they believe differently. Right. Part of being a good neighbor means that we love and serve other people. But it first has to start with us knowing Jesus. Right. Jesus is able to change our hearts so that we will love God and love other people like we're supposed to. And it's pretty interesting um, in prep for this lesson. I was thinking about um, a class that I had in college. It was a social psychology class. And we learned about this experiment they did at Princeton. I really want to say it was like in the 1950s, 1960s where they staged an experiment um, with Princeton, like, seminary dudes or whatever. Um, They had to go give a lecture on the parable of the Good Samaritan. And on the way, the researchers staged a person who needed help. And it was in the middle of a hallway. The hallway was small so that um, each of these um, seminary guys would have to literally step over the person to get past him. So they wanted to see if, you know being prepped or primed with the whole um, parable of the Good Samaritan being on their minds, if they would actually stop and help, if it was, you know, they would stop and help someone in need, was it because they were religious or would they just ignore the guy? And it's so interesting because what happened is um, one of the men had like 60 minutes, he had an hour before he was supposed to give this lecture talk on the Good Samaritan. And so he was more likely to help. And then one of the, the men had like 30 minutes and he was not quite as eager to help the guy, but then one person had like 10 minutes before he was supposed to give this talk. And, you know, the the point of the story kind of is for this experiment is people were more willing when they had more time to stop and to help someone in need. When they felt hurried or rushed or, you know, hey, we have a schedule, hey, we have a deadline, they were less likely, even though they knew the story, even though they were in seminary, even though they had all these, you know, quote unquote, church answers or they knew what to do when the time came it still was hard for them (laughs) to stop and help someone in need it's a great i mean you can google search and find it it's a really cool experiment that you know we sometimes read the bible and go oh if i would see someone in need i wouldn't have just passed by then you have like a modern ish day experiment where people are doing the same thing right sometimes it's hard for us to, to slow down and to create time in our schedules to be to be available to have that margin on the sides of our calendar in our lives to stop and help people who need it. Um, 
So yeah, it was a good reminder last night um, of loving God, of loving people. And so that sets us up very well because next week we start a new lesson series called uh, Church Operation. Obviously, we're using uh, the Operation board game to kind of help us think about how we, um, as believers, we are the body of Christ. What does it mean to be part of Christ's body? What does it mean to serve? What are the different ways we can serve, different gifts we've been given? Uh, I think it's going to be really good. I've never taught a series quite like this um, before. We've never, I've never really been one who's like written lessons for this, but I'm excited. I think it's going to be helpful and more on the practical end. Obviously, our goal is to help our kids understand that they are part of our church when they get saved. They belong to the body of Christ. And what does that look like at their age to be part of the body, to be serving within our church instead of having them grow up for years thinking they can't do anything and then, you know, or that you have to be a grown up to serve. That's not how it works. So I think it'll be good. Um, I'm excited for it. It's also costume night next week, October 27th. So I'm very excited uh, for us to, to wear costumes. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to get pied in the face. But then, of course, we start a good series. So it's going to be fun. But I think for right now, I think that's a wrap. <laughs>